Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Dr. Kid, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this? Yeah, it did. It has come to this. Are we sure about that? It has. All right. This is a landmark episode for us because it's our first uh, (laughs) martial arts-based kind of fighting movie. Well, sure, why not? I guess it has come to this. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast, and uh, we're going Van Damme today, baby. Yeah, the woodenest (laughs) <laughs> of the <laughs> of the 80s and 90s big screen action stars. Yeah, the muscles from Brussels himself. <laughs> uh Sudden Death. Sudden Death is a real favorite of mine. A real peak of that kind of genre uh from that era. This was 95 and just that window of movies where the body count was insane. Oh yeah. People were just uh exploding props i was gonna say by that genre of movie you mean die hard uh knockoff yeah that genre every die hard knockoff was just (laughs) mowing through people yeah people were dying we've talked about this in past episodes with uh you know when we brought up stone cold it was just like wow a lot of a lot of people died yeah a lot of important people just went keeps getting brought up (laughs) uh, it's it's in the I see it in the future. Well, you know, I remember that. That always makes me think of Seagal movies, especially. Oh yeah, I feel like those were the most brutal. Uh, the Under Siege, when terrorists take over movies and Steven Seagal movies, they, yeah, they really are just ruthless. Yeah, uh, really high number. These uh, disappearances. Th- this was a movie with some classy terrorists. I think our main terrorist <sighs> is in a tuxedo for for most of Sudden Death. So good. And uh, but there's a lot. There's a lot to like about this movie. It's I I have to say, for me... So this is... <laughs> I went into this. We watched it yeah, recently. This is a favorite of yours. This is a favorite of mine yeah. that I think a lot of our, our group and a lot of people we talk movies with either have never seen or haven't seen in a long time. You know, came out in 95. Because why would you? Yeah, you Why know, would you see Sudden Death it's, recently? I, it's not a movie that's in vogue, I guess. Probably a lot and, of our listeners are, are wondering that. Why? <laughs> why? Why not game day? It's a it's a, it's game day, guys. Uh, but I I champion this movie. Yeah. I I'm I'm always telling people about this movie because it's a kind of funny, smart, and violent, ahead of its time way to do one of these hostage crisis movies. Uh, does a lot of things that really stand out now as being ahead of other popular that genre. Uh, stuff like True Lies, you know, mm. feels like it's in that canon to me, but doesn't really get treated that way. And so you saw it for the <laughs> first time. Well, you know, it's been on cable in yeah. the background and stuff. I think it's one of those movies uh, growing up. It was definitely around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Under I, Siege is a movie like that. You yeah, I, that I, one. I, I'm sure my dad watched this, you know probably rented it at some point growing up we grew up so this movie takes place uh at a hockey game yeah this is terrorist this, this is, is the mainstream hockey movie that's like hockey as serious sport this is Die Hard on ice 
And yeah, this was maybe Hollywood's attempt to get hockey going uh, in the 90s. They really uh, focus a lot on hockey action in this game, in this movie. You get a full, you get like a full bad lieutenant sense of this, you really follow the of game. this hockey series. The ins and outs, the injuries, <laughs> the penalties. You are following this complicated terrorist plot to kidnap the vice president and kill a lot of people <laughs> for like a pretty agreeable sum of money. Yeah. But you're also getting minute-by-minute updates on the progress of this intense Game 7 Stanley Cup file. Winner take all. It's game day. It's game day. Uh, So growing up, my dad was a big hockey guy. Wow. So we watched hockey growing up. So that was a, you know, you didn't have to sell me on the hockey sudden death. I was already in there. (laughs) I think they really try to sell the hockey as like, also, this on its own, pretty fun. You could come enjoy a game sometime. We got a pretty... There, the big hockey did a lot of work in the yeah, early nineties. Big hockey. Well, we and, got we got the Mighty Ducks movies. Yeah, totally. We got uh like the Cutting Edge, which was the hockey player romance movie. That was yeah the well, hockey player with the we got that was like Olympic uh, winter sport. Like Cool Runnings was also like the like big like winter sports are cool guys. Yeah, we, <laughs> I mean even stuff. You know, you got uh. The uh, Adam Sandler one, Happy Gilmore. Sure, the ho- sure. Hockey players in from 91 to 96 were a frequent thing in movies. Famous hockey scene in uh, Beautiful Girls. They're out on the lake playing hockey. Hmm. Trust me. Hockey was over <laughs> all the Trust genres. Me, good stuff. All the genres of film. Absolutely. We were getting inundated with hockey. And this was our serious hockey heist thriller. This was the, yeah, this was... And uh, they, it's a game between the Chicago Blackhawks and the Pittsburgh Penguins, which were the two big teams in the 90s. Sure. Pittsburgh, especially in my house, my, my grandma maybe was from Pennsylvania, my dad's mom. So we were like Penguins fans. So And they had just won the Stanley Cup. That's their championship right. for all you non-hockey fans. A uh, few years before this movie. So Pittsburgh yeah. and especially this was, was like, hot. This was like filmed at their arena. Yeah. And actual players were in the movie. That kind of feel. Right. While a complicated terrorist plot is going, you're getting like, you know, uh, Mario Lemieux cameos or whatever. <laughs> and, then, yeah. uh, and then Powers Booth often four moms. <laughs> <laughs> like in and out. Shooting the mayor's wife. Yeah. 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 The, uh, the movie starts with one of those, we get like Van Damme's origin story. With the, like, bad fire. He's a fireman. He's a fireman, yeah. you guys. It's Van a movie that's, that's like, about a hero fireman that also is into hockey. Right, of so course. So it's, like, built... It's, like, the fireman's industry and uh, hockey, big well, hockey were, like... Everybody loves we hockey. We gotta rehab this. Uh, <laughs> together, we can, uh, we can really, they, really make a difference. And they also never mention his connection to being, like, European, maybe, and liking hockey. Like, they never try to... Like, he's just American fireman. No, well, he's, like, outwardly Canadian. Oh, that's in what this it movie. was. He, it's Canadian. He, he's super French-Canadian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which sometimes he would do that, and he always... That's how he would kind of get when around Van Damme would always, whenever he would do French Canadian, he always sounds like Celine Dion to me. <laughs> like whenever she would do interviews, it's like I love to sing, <laughs> and it's like he has that same lilt, and he just sounds like Celine. Yeah, 
not quite he has sure this kind which of flowery delivery yeah uh and this is also the bold choice to do a a huge budget van damme movie uh with minimal Van Damme fighting. Mm-hmm. This is Van Damme kind of playing like a shooting above his weight normal guy. Not the kick-ass dude who's like, like he's like a regular Joe who's in an impossible terrorist situation. Right, right. But he's playing it cooler than most. But he's got a John McClane it as far as he's hiding most of the time yes. or evading or... Uh, yeah, there's a huge subplot where he's disarming bombs like it's a like video Like it's a game. Nintendo game, yeah. yeah. It's, it's totally that Ninja Turtles swimming around <laughs> defusing all yeah. the bombs game. Like, it's like this Bugs Bunny gear. like running around all the traps kind of thing. Uh, it is a John McClane role, but it's it's a lilty French Canadian right. McClane. Uh, so, but we got to talk about the origin story first. Though, yeah, because the movie opens with him in a burning building as a fireman. He he is holding this child woman. Hard yeah. to tell. Uh, you're going to be okay. You're going to make it. <laughs> you you hold on. Hey, we need help in here. Yeah. And uh, that person dies. And he's very sad. Yeah. And it cuts to black. And it says two years no, later. Four, four years, years later. Four we get years, the graphic. Four years later. Game day. <laughs> we just dive into game day. Yeah. Guys, it's game day. Four years later. Game day. Game day. Who, that's so crazy to think like from the other way around when it's like in four years from now, it'll be game day. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like someone should have told fireman uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, then, you know, hey, man, I know this is tough, but four years from now, penguins are going to be in the Stanley Cup. It's going <laughs> to yeah. be sick. It's going to be cool. You're going to be okay, bro. Hey, if you had told me in nineteen in two thousand six, when the Giants were not very good, Bonds last year, right? You know, you had that there was some house high, fire, you know, before, yeah, <laughs> right? Uh, my family burned to death, but then four years later, the Giants are in the series. So hey, looking game up, day. game day, uh, and we don't even know that there was a game. They don't tell yet. you. What date it is? It's not like it goes it's like just game day. It's just game day. It's four years later, game day. And then we get this joyously fun extended countdown to game time. <laughs> where yeah, so we go through the whole day. Once before it's we like get to game time, game day, and then it's like four hours from start. Yeah, from face off. Right? Face off. Yeah, it's like okay, and then it's like. Three and a half hours to face <laughs> off. You're like, ooh, we started this countdown slow. <laughs> we're, we, we're, we're focusing a lot for this to be a countdown. But then the countdown, it's doing every like half hour, and then it cuts like, and then it does like a 45 minute jump. Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened to 15 whoa, minutes ago? That oh. was a little, it was a less dull 15. Yeah. And then, All uh, right. And get, then, get going here. And yeah. then in my head, it's like, we got like 12 cues. We're like, we are, all the important shit is happening. Nothing happened for four years. (laughs) But the four hours before game face-off are the most heavily documented piece of history. That's how it is, man. You know, sometimes... There is so much detail paid to these four hours. Sometimes, you know, a year goes by, nothing happens. Sometimes a week goes by and just... 
Ah, it would be busy. like if Ocean's Eleven. That's great. Just they had like one quick meeting. It's like, so we're doing a heist. And then it's like four hours to heist. It's like, wait, they didn't. This seems like months of prep. And so we just don't jump it four hours. And then in my head, after we'd gotten 12 of these cues, I was like, God, I hope we get a single digit one. I hope we get one. And then it says two minutes to game Ugh. time. It went from 30 to 20. We were like, are they doing 10? Oh, and then man. I think all of us were kind of like, yeah, we were watching more, it. It's we been were, more than ten. We were right? watching it as a group. We were like, "What's gonna happen?" Yeah, two At minutes. Uh, Oof. Oh, they keep Get us waiting eighteen seats, after doing a back-to-back ten. I'm in. I I am pumped for <laughs> for face off. And then we get a full rundown of all the team's rosters and, uh, <laughs> and uh, starting lineup and what happened in the previous six games to get them to this yeah final Stanley Cup game seven. Get a shot of the trophy. Get introductions to the announcers. A lot of lot of work. Show the full locker room coaching staff. I was gonna say yeah, <laughs> we the, we have the vice president show up and and he gets to meet all the all the players in the locker room. Just meets so. a few one-on-one and we have to go we have to go through the process also van dam is bringing his two kids to the game as a special treat it's his son's birthday maybe or something yeah and uh, so we have to have the whole rigmarole of all right here's your seats he basically (laughs) deadbeat dadded his way into into getting his kids on the birthday that he wasn't supposed to have them yeah I got hockey tickets. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then that poor like stepdad who's got to be like, well, honey, it's game day. It's game day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is Sucks. game day. That guy has. <sighs> I lo- That's also the overly confident, but still like shockingly condescending new dad. He really has no problem kind of casually getting in van damme's face yeah over some things while being vaguely but somewhat genuinely supportive i don't know who that guy is but like man gary the stepdad's kind of weirdly aggressive while not being but so yeah he muscles from brussels his way into getting his kids (laughs) on uh his son's birthday his son's that one kid from like sleepless in seattle yeah and uh and the daughter i've never never heard of no, the oh, the, she was in like one other movie. That kid maybe. was in Eva Destruction too, a recent favorite of ours. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Heinz one, nice. Uh, so yeah, he's he's got to go through being a dad, and it's also like his first. Is this like his first day back on the force or something? No, Did he's he bringing like, back on game day, or is he the fire inspector? He he's got some role at the game where he's supposed to maybe be a fire inspector, but I also feel like that was a cover. And he's like straight up like a janitor or something there. Because there's that one oh, point. Oh, that he's like hiding his, his real lame job from his kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, his kid Tyler even just dunks on his dad a bunch behind his back. This kid's like 10. Yeah. And yeah, so. He, he remembers four years ago. His yeah. dad fucking blew it. His dad blew it. <laughs> he's been sitting around the house eating everybody's Talking chips about it. for four years. Just waiting just for moping. game day. Waiting for game day. <laughs> Waiting for the penguins to be in it. But yeah, there, there's that scene where he's trying to be like a fire chief marshal guy, and they basically just have him change a light bulb. That right, exactly. And that's just like then the kid just asks, acts humiliated by his lame janitor dad. 
for the next hour of the movie. So it's also like a dad showing his son he's the real hero. Right. Kind of flick. It, there, yeah. This is a strange role for Van Damme as like the family man. Van Damme's like... Is that he, a thing? He I, I don't think that's a thing he usually does, no. right? No. No, no, no. Like Schwarzenegger did a lot of family man stuff. Totally. I don't remember... Willis, too. I don't remember Van Damme really trying to take that on. No. Van Damme, this is such a weird Van Damme role because, yeah, he's already doing the slightly different accent, which he does not as much of the time, but yeah. enough. It has the least fighting of any Van Damme movie. There's basically two fight set pieces, whereas most of the movies are based exclusively around getting to another fight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the fights in this one are legendary status, but there's a lot of him. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> uh, mascot fight, rooftop helicopter fight. Those are the only two big fight scenes. Legendary status. Those two scenes in one movie, in one movie. A huge helicopter, crazy helicopter crash, and a long, long, long mascot fight. The mascot fight is pretty is pretty dope. That mascot fight would be in any uh, fight scene highlight reel. Any. And then when you add in a rooftop helicopter fight scene, pff, legendary status. All right, all right. Easy. If you say so. But he's also like a, kind of a weenie in some ways. Right. He's like a clever crafty him now getting his redemption in the face of pressure and it's good but it's also there's like a weenie aspect to it maybe that is just the extreme overconfidence of powers booth <laughs> i think it's time to talk about powers yeah booth. yeah maybe it's just because this absolute powerhouse of a man is running things as the terrorist in this movie. Yeah. Terrorist role for the ages. My favorite aspect of this genre, if we're talking about this as a genre, mm -hmm. is the casting of the villainous yeah. terrorist in, in these movies. And it starts with Die Hard, with Alan Rickman. But movies yeah. like... Like Michael <laughs> totally. Caine. Michael Caine is a bad guy in a Steven Seagal movie like this at one point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to have Powers Booth, Tommy Lee Jones as your bad guy in Under Siege, even yeah. you know, it's we like, talk about uh, Lance Henriksen and Hard Henrik. Target. Yeah, it's it's all these like cool guys getting to be the bad guy. Yeah, as, and they're always great as these bad guys. Yeah, and Powers Booth <laughs> has this brilliant, suave ruthlessness to him in this movie, and he always has that. I mean, that's what he does. But yeah, he really gets to put it on on display. It's, he's really peacocking it oh, yeah. in this one. This is him just sinking hammy teeth into a role. He is having fun with this script. And this script is another weird Van Damme one. Uh, you notice how much he's written as, you know, they give the good lines to all the villains. Because mm -hmm. Van Damme always has some strong villains, notably, again, Powers Booth and Lance Henriksen. And it can't be a secret that those are two of the most notable roles of each of these guys' careers. You know, uh, not as much as some of their bigger, uh, more mainstream popular stuff, but amongst genre fans, these are two that get mentioned. And it's like, maybe it's easier to write a good villain off of the wooden stake that is uh, Van Damme. Yeah. And you can save all your color for a really colorful villain like this. Because Powers Booth gets all the color. Mm -hmm. It's insane. He is just so 
gloriously leaning into this carelessly uh, evil guy, this CIA agent who's also like, he's like just the evil James Bond. I mean, he's killing everyone. He has a great goon squad, too. Powers Booth has a great squad yeah, of goons the to whole operate crew off is, of. Yeah, definitely. It's a wide crew, a diverse crew, <laughs> and a solid one. We like to see diversity in yeah. our terrorist groups. Well, you need a good one. You know, Alan Rickman had a bunch of, like, blonde, muscly guys. Right. You know, this pick is like those, a... Pick them out of a crowd. Yeah, this is a different-looking, cool crowd. There were some everymans in there. You know, there was some mustaches. There was a brawny guy, you know, Definitely. you get a good mix of the goon squad. And, oh man, you get to see, I love these kind of shots. This is like Scorsese kind of stuff. <laughs> this director, James Hyam, is such a talented, uh, Peter Hyams. Peter Hyams, is yeah. Such, he has made some no, beautiful movies. 20, a, 2010, yeah, yeah. Uh, there shouldn't be a sequel to 2001 that's actually worth watching. 2010 is a great movie. And Running Scared, the the uh, River Phoenix uh, family or criminals on the run movie, is one of the most beautiful, gorgeously uh, photographed movies I've ever seen. Love Running Scared. So this guy has talent. And then by the 90s, he was working Van Damme flicks. He yeah. did Time Cop. Uh, so he was... He did The Relic, which is a, a cool... Monster sure. movie in the 90s. This guy had a cool mixed up career. He jumped around to genres and serious stuff. And Oh, and he did End of Days, yeah. which I genuinely like. And I think it's a really cool late Schwarzenegger movie. And that's what I'm saying. See, pretty cool. You laugh at me comparing him to like a, you know, a this genre Scorsese, but he knows I how just, to do these. I just know for a fact that Sudden Death has never been compared to Martin Scorsese in the. You know, you don't know that twenty five kind of, in the twenty five years since it's come out, no human has those ever kind out of dir- loud said those kind of directors love those kind of movies. This is like Lustig says when, oh, yeah, when we yeah, saw yeah. Lustig going into the that off. It was something like Olympus has fallen or something, and, and you're just like, oh, that's the reviews for this is going to be. He's just like, I want to see what they do. I want to see how they make this. Yeah, yeah. Like he's seeing it in eyes that we do not have. Right. And Scorsese loves this stuff. That story that I love about uh, uh, Greta Gerwig and Baumbach going to, oh, the Swedish directors, at Bergman's Island, touring his house. And he just has a whole room with VHS tapes, and it's all stuff like Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, unquote, yeah, trash. or, or like yeah, yeah. Ingmar Bergman Lower. living on his island, has his little entertainment room with his little chair. He's just like, well, time for Beverly Hills Cop 2. You wonder, I just imagine him kind of sifting through a pile of VHS and be like, ooh, what's this one? Sudden death? Sudden death, yeah. So, Honey, terror goes into overtime in this one. (laughs) It's such a joy of movie makers is because they are into this stuff. Yeah. It's such a, so I would love to hear of the other instances because I know somebody's brought it up, but it's somebody famous. Scorsese's just like, I'm a big fan of, Sudden death. Big fan of this terror going into overtime. You never know. But that shot of Powers Booth and his goons getting to the vice president is that, like, not a tracking shot, but this cool, moving, fast action shot through tight corridors and stuff, working their way uh, through the stadium. Like, 
that's a cool shot. That's one of those up tempo heist film yeah shots that uh, I like. That I do like a movie where you're like in the bowels of a building like that, and you're going through these kitchens and yeah, the back. You know, the, the you're going through this stuff. full state. Like you get a real feel for the place. He's like above the uh, ice rink at one point. He's on the ice rink at one point. He's under the ice rink. You know, I kind of like the way he moves through the building. Yeah, this movie sure. takes advantage of this big actual real life arena like they use every part of the the arena they can and including in some super memorable ways like the kitchen mascot fight yeah which is such a like this movie was so funny about incorporating its environment in every <laughs> that's fight. true it was su- it's like such a video game level like you're gonna beat him up in the kitchen, and you're able to use pots and pans and knives and stuff. It kind of reminded me of a Jackie Chan, where yeah, it's like the whole environment is becomes props and yeah, that. So yeah, so one of the ter- I honestly though I don't remember why the terrorist thought he had to get into a mascot suit. The whole the whole reason why Van Damme even finds out about this plot is his daughter goes to the bathroom, yeah, sees a terrorist in the public bathroom, kill the mascot and take his mascot clothes. Yeah. So the mascot kidnaps the daughter. I'm like, why are you doing? No one needs a mascot. Well, I think the they were all the the point of this highly orchestrated CIA led terrorist gang was that a lot of them were hiding in plain sight. You know, they all had jobs as caterers and ushers, and then this guy didn't get get to the mascot costume in time. Who has better (laughs) access throughout a whole stadium than a mascot? everybody's eyes but are every, on you. Everybody already came dressed up as the thing they were yeah, supposed to yeah, be. This yeah. guy's like, I'll just get the costume <laughs> when I get there. <laughs> I, the costume has to be legit or they'll know. Yeah. The only way to do it is to murder the person in the current mascot suit and use the real one. That was his okay, plan. Okay, now I get it. Now you get it. Now I get it. These That just shows us how much these people love to kill. <laughs> they We get introduced to the quickest set of movie extras ever. Nobody gets an actual character. They just get an outfit. Mm-hmm. Like this is the usher wearing the gold polo with the navy sport coat, but he just got shot through the face. <laughs> like right when he opened a door. Just like, "Hey, you're not supposed thum 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 thum." Yeah. Everybody, they just have endless shells thum, 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 just <laughs> thumping their way through. And then it just also shows us, you see, this is all plausibly going on. Because hockey games are loud. Yes. That's what they keep reminding us, that just there's constant noise at hockey games, I guess. It's pretty loud. Those guys on the ice hitting each other. Yeah. The fans yelling. I mean, it's game seven. It's It's game seven. The joint is rowdy. And I love... (laughs) I was dying at this, and I don't think anybody else was. We get a lot of shots of the Penguins play-by-play guy calling the action on the ice. Yeah. And it always uh, fortuitously told the future about the terrible terrorist situation. This guy kept saying all these things just like, things are getting explosive. And then just like a dude blows up. And it's like, the guy has eight of these lines throughout this movie. And if they're like, oh boy, there was like 90 people killed in this thing. And I'm going to be the guy soundtracking (laughs) this whole thing, just covering the death. (laughs) <laughs> They're going to repurpose all of my quotes. I'm going to be, yeah, it's, it's always like, this place is really blowing up. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. How would, <laughs> they're getting killed out there. Exactly. Like, you just had. 
But it was even so bad, it would be like, ooh, he's really steamed. And then it would cut to the guy, like, getting put <laughs> in a steamer or something. to death. <laughs> it's you like, know? man, every horrific event, this guy just foretold. Oh, the fire's hitting the frying pan now. Yeah. Clonk. You know, yeah. cut to. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> I just love the, that level. I don't think we got. One of these movies that had this much fun with it. Like, yep. they were they were having a fun time. They were setting out... They knew exactly what tones they were going to hit. They knew this was going to have a high-ass body count and be goofy about it. Like, they knew what they were doing. Like, they, they had great ideas. That mascot kitchen fight scene is like something out of, like, a Buster Keaton. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> kind of act. It's like a whole kitchen prop scene with Van Damme barely keeping up with <laughs> with a woman in the penguin's full mascot suit. Yeah. Imagine how much worse her sight lines were than Van Damme. Yeah, and she's got 100 pounds of this, you know, official mascot material yeah. on her. And she is, if anything, ahead in this fight. She does pretty well. She does yeah. pretty well for this herself. Is, yeah, this is kind of the one of the only, yeah, like you said, there's only this and maybe one other time where he really gets to do his... Full his, out his karate six minute action whatever. scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's a good fight though. It's good great. Fight. They're just like it's all classic stuff, like running somebody's head over a bunch of pans that are on the countertop. Yeah, <laughs> like you expect to run through a hanging set of pans, going like, clunk, 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 clunk. At one point, like uh, maybe her hand goes in the deep fryer. Oh yeah, well they do this great thing where her uh, paw or flipper, or yeah. whatever it is, gets pulled off, and they do like a close up of her hand, and you're like. What is it? What's in her hand? What's what's there? And then four seconds later, he like grabs her hand and shoves it in a fryer. You're like, oh, really getting us to focus on the hand? I got gotcha. you. Ah, uh, that that there's the hand. Yeah, and I think finally the way that they die, the 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 mascot goes through the dishwasher. He, maybe he steam dishwashes her yeah. to death. Yeah, he pulls the mask off no and joke. like tapes her to the the conveyor belt and sends her through the steam wash. She comes out all. Like burnt and soaked on the other side, jeez, jeez, Van Damme! Like, what you were saving people in the beginning of this <laughs> yeah. movie? You're killing everyone, Van Damme. <laughs> You're killing the good guys too. Well, yeah, it's like he saw that person like kidnap his daughter, essentially, and like get her into a elevator. Yeah. So he, but he, I don't remember him ever like trying to ask questions. I no. think he it was just in a fight for his life at that point. And then, of course, once he does defeat the, defeat the mascot, he. Finds uh, someone to tell, like, hey, I, oh, terrorists are taking over. So, of course, he grabs a terrorist yeah, disguised as a security guy. They got guys him. all over this building. Yeah. So then, uh, yeah. So then he has to fight that guy a little bit, too. But and meanwhile, pretty short work of that guy. While Van Damme's working his way through the building, Powers Booth is shooting innocents, threatening kids with guns, while still coming off like the cool guy. It's yeah. a tough move. Still being suave while pointing a gun at a young child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just aiming that gun at a kid's face and uh, still kind of seeming like you have control of the room. Well, I did like that our, our vice president, uh, who we saw as a uh, police chief in Falling Down. Oh, recently. yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Raymond J. Barry. Yeah, Raymond J. Barry is good. Uh, I did. I did like that. They kind of had him be like, "If you shoot that kid, I'm not going to cooperate with you." Like, yeah, that's the thing. People were, uh, for as 
outlandish and, and garish as, as all these killings were, uh, people in the movie were acting believably. Right. These The movie was filled with people being genuinely overwhelmed by an unexpected group of terrorists with guns. That's true, yeah. Like, nobody was acting like an idiot. Like, I feel in other movies... Uh, you know, Die Hard. You get a little more cartoon. Well, you characters get the guy, hey, baby, Bobby, Booby. You know, yeah. let's make a deal. Hey, like exactly. You would never do that to a guy pointing a Uzi at you. <laughs> yeah, I'd be. I would not want to make eye contact with yeah. these men. It's like, don't worry, I got this. And that's how people play it yeah. in these scenes. And so I think it makes that you get this grandiose Powers Booth performance, but it is offset by people in genuine terror. This is, I hate to say it. A Joker movie. Oh, no. Yeah. What? This is a Joker movie. What are you talking about? Powers Booth is the Joker in this movie. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. Wait, not Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Yeah, well, you know, it's a Joker movie. Think of Powers Booth. He's the Joker in this movie. I hate to say it. It's a Joker movie. Why Why? He's why, gleefully why holding these people hostage while causing nothing but chaos. He is a Batman-level villain in this movie. These people are terrified. No, oh he's 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 genuinely just trying to rob these people. I mean, he's making money oh, off of this thing. Man, he is. This is more. This is more of the diehard like terrorist. He who comes off like a crazy person to of these people. He is under control. Yeah. His skills are tight. CIA trained. He's a spook. He also mentions he's still in the CIA. What? This is his weekend. It goes he all says. the way to the top. Yeah, this is an active CIA guy just on his weekend holding this heist. Wow. But to the people there, he's so violent. I think he comes off like a crazy man. The terror in this movie is real. The terror goes into overtime. Oh, man. Do you ever think anyone on the crew was like, Powers, you're kind of coming off as a crazy guy right now. <laughs> I would love to see that man work. Oh, what, one of my favorites. This is actually, it's actually surprising because uh, he died within a close enough time frame to when we started the podcast. Uh, and he's one of our you know favorites. He died in 2017. Yeah, not too long so, ago. So, you know, he was one of those guys that, you know, within when we've been but doing working all the way up to and, the end, you know. And I know he's a guy. I think this is like, is this the first time we've we've done Booth? Feels like a big name to cross off the list. Cause it's possible. One that there'll be much more of. But this is such that kind of role he did perfectly. This is a guy that didn't quite have the career that he really should have had. I mean, this guy... uh was always a highlight in any of his longer TV performances, stuff like Deadwood and even stuff like Nashville, you know. Uh, but he didn't quite ever have, you know, the big hit. Hmm. Uh, he, he's always seemed more uh, less appreciated than he should have been. Uh, this guy should have been a big star, I think. He's just got such a unique presence. I think he was well-loved. I mean, you know, it's he's one of those guys where everyone loved him. and Yeah, but never... Never was, heard a bad thing about him. Right. Um, you know, he's, but, he's, he's, he got to work with a lot of cool people in his time. Yeah. Cool um, guy to work with, I'm sure. And he gets so many great moments and just his interactions and his coolness throughout. And then his, uh, disguise as a, as a Pittsburgh dad. <laughs> yeah. His disguise his Pittsburgh dad disguise is great movie disguise. Cause he's got the light washed dad jeans from 1995. <laughs> he's got like a, penguin starter jacket and a bad like two blonde mustache 
He's got like a overly yeah. done Atkins that's, wig that's and his, mustache. That's, his, that's when he makes his escape. Yeah, that he. So yeah. Booth gets to do costume work. Yeah, he gets to threaten kids with guns. He gets to shoot mayor's wives in the kneecaps. Like, jeez, this guy don't care about anybody. Yeah. Uh, and but I like that they didn't make the vice president a total pushover. William J. Berry got a brought a good uh, heaviness right. Right. to it. Yeah, like a Tommy Lee Jones kind of role. Except uh, Raymond J. Barry wasn't supposed to be the star hero, so he knew right where to play back. But yeah, the, if you touch that girl, I will, you know. Yeah. You will have to kill me. Pretty much, yeah, exactly. He will be jumping on him. And that's a cool, that's a cool line. But yeah, it's just Van Damme going after his daughter while also uh, proving his worth as a man to his son. <laughs> uh, while also... Sweating out this overtime, <laughs> oh my god! Sudden death situation in this, game seven. Guys, the game is tied at the end of regulation. We're going with into the last sudden death. second goal, which means we're going into sudden death at yeah, the end of this it's game. Sudden death, and uh, this you uh, should have known it going in. I mean, is yeah. This is my this is my problem with the movie here, oh Eric. Dear. Oh dear. If I have one complaint with this movie, I don't know what this is going to be. We spend ninety minutes following this game. Leading up to the game, watching every action of the game. At the end of each period, there's three periods, he kills another person. So you're watching each period count down. Yeah, Powers then Booth we is finally... giving him time to get the money in every period. He kills right. another innocent. Yeah. And, uh, so you're really, like, honestly, you are seriously following this they game. Have told, this is more of a game than we've heard of. Seriously. we We heard about... A lot about that one Dodgers game in Slumber Party Massacre. Right. And we know Ron Say hit that home run. Well, I know Ron Say hit that home run. But yeah. what happened after that? And <laughs> Well, Ron Say got a home run. Well, I know that. Okay, okay. <laughs> and then in Bad Lieutenant, you get Daryl Strawberry's full 40 at bat plate appearance yeah. run in a playoff series that didn't exist. <laughs> this doesn't quite come to that. But we get into the nitty-gritty of this game. We see every score. We see every great save. There is a scene where Van Damme, in disguise, gets on the ice and makes a... Takes a shot. Takes a as shot. As a goalie. As, as a yeah. goalie and saves a great, great... Makes a great play. Great dive and save. Yeah. He was a... He played up in a Canadian league. <laughs> exactly. A minor league system. So there's all of that. You're watching this game. You're, you're watching this you're whole on the, game. You're, the twists you're and turns. on the sidelines. You're watching the coaches react. Everything. Yeah. You are in these teams' heads. I'm going to tell you right now as a spoiler, folks. Yeah. You don't know how this game ends. They do not say how the game Nobody ends. Nobody wins this game. Yeah. The game just ends when a... <laughs> when the terrorists reveal themselves, there's a yeah. Of course, the game goes into a uh, it's no interrupted. contest. It's interrupted. Yeah, but but there's never there's not even an epilogue where like None. they replay the game <laughs> or you get like four we, years later. You know, we don't rematch. get any. We have no idea how they resolved uh, they the even, Stanley Cup. They don't winner. even bother to bring it up. We went so deep into. In getting introduced to these players, hearing about their Stanley Cup histories and the team rivalry. <laughs> they spent so much time introducing to all this team and getting you inside there. And it's like, oh, well, the end of that game's for another day. <laughs> <laughs> it, it offended me. I you was were, offended. You were mad. The second it, it, the credits hit, you're just like, really? It's a, it's, 
it goes against everything that is good in storytelling. <laughs> you can't introduce a gun in the first act and not have it go off at the end. <laughs> this was the equivalent of Wait, the this gun guy just not had a going gun off. on the table. Yeah, Wait. you're just like, was there just a gun in the background in the beginning of that movie and this guy nothing just casually came of it? sits his gun out? Yeah, we this learned was that. so much about with, uh, about this. God, I couldn't. I can't tell you how upset I was. No, I could tell because could because tell. like you know maybe Bad Lieutenant or other. I'm thinking of other like sports movies like The Fan. Yeah, with De Niro and Wesley Snipes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the outcome of the, the drama of the game is incorporated into the drama of the movie, mm-hmm. and then it just and felt that was so that like, happened here. This, yeah, this yeah, had a absolutely. high high pace, and uh, that's what I mean. It was like very much tied to like each intermission we kill someone and blah blah blah. Yeah. And so the fact that it went into overtime means they didn't kill everybody right at the you know at that mark, right? Because they're like, well, shit, it's going into sudden death. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta keep terrorizing these people. Yeah. So yeah, for it to not end was truly upsetting. <laughs> for me, just to get none of it. Yeah, yeah, you know. Anyways, that's but they were holding out for the sequel. On the other hand, we got the excellent helicopter crashing. Jeez. Into the ice so, arena. So when Powers Booth escapes, yeah, we get this really great rigging escape. There's a lot of climbing. Uh, when you say a Jackie Chan uh, like kitchen fight scene, tons of the home stretch action in this movie feels straight up way more Jackie Chan yeah. than John Claude Van Damme because he's jumping to riggings uh, at the top of stadiums. Like exactly. these feel all Acrobatic like acrobatic stuff uh-huh. for sure. This feels like all stuff straight out of a Jackie Chan movie in the in a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's swinging down on the game clock. like Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the stunts all looked really impressive. This was an expensive movie. Yeah. The this, conclusion's good. The the final kind of... The, the, there was a lot of money spent on these big action effects. He, at one point, swing, Van Damme gets up on the roof and swings into the president's box. And there's a lot of... Yeah. There's good some, stuff. There's good some stuff. impressive big stunt stuff. Yeah. And then you think you keep seeing impressive stunts down the stretch... And then we get to the roof, and we get to the, one of the damnedest helicopter crashes. <laughs> the, like, you almost expect opera to be played over this. Yeah. This is Powers Booth's big escape, and he's dressed up as local Pittsburgh man. Exactly. He's got his I'm sorry mustache, and his, like, oh, I'm not going to do it. I'm sorry mustache. <laughs> yeah. He looks like such an uncle, you know, just got his, like, sports fanny pack. Right. Just looks like oh, and so he's in that getup, and what his helicopter pilot gets shot. Something that to that effect, yeah, yeah. When he's up on the roof trying to stop this, there's all these big crazy leaps on the. Basically, Powers Booth, the the helicopter gets pointed straight up, nose to the sky, because the steering wheel got taken down with the dead pilot, mm-hmm. and Powers Booth can't get it to right itself. And then we get into this operatic, slow motion, free fall helicopter, upside, you know, pointed up to the sky, yeah. dropping through the open domed roof of the arena. Incredible shot. So in your face, ridiculous. An action yeah. movie as art from that specific 94 to 97 era. It was so beautiful. Crashing a helicopter is always a win. This, this, uh, I mean, this helicopter but, crash. I mean, except for the Twilight Zone movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, 
shit. As soon as I said that, I was like, nope, nope, that's not right. That's not good. Every time a helicopter's crash in a movie, it's always it's thumbs cool. up from me. <laughs> no exception. I mean, except when it happens accidentally on set. Oh, uh, wow. That's might, on. That's on camera. I might no, uh, have. <laughs> just gonna go blank for two minutes of this episode. But this. So apparently, the story is that this was the Penguins' old arena. They were getting a new arena built, mainly. Oh, okay. So they were like, "Please." And blow so it's it like, up. "Oh, you want to crash a helicopter into the ice? Sure, that's sick." I okay. think that's the story. And so, because we get this helicopter crashing all the way through a roof of the building flying through three decks of their arena and then just folding and bursting into flames on the ice. Great shot. I mean, how cool is it if you're a guy directing movies? <laughs> yeah, right. How much joy and shit-your-pants anxiety are you feeling in that moment? Well, I was going to say, it, it's probably a week of uh, preparation where, yeah. Yeah, where you can't sleep because you're thinking of all the details. Thing. And then, yeah, to see it, on camera, I'm sure is. I, I'm always blown away. I hope away. that's a nice feeling. And, you know, that's why I just have so much more fondness for this era of movie where it's all practical still. Mm-hmm. And they're actually having to find ways to do this stuff instead of just like, and we'll get great artists to manufacture this later. Right. The setup and the art that goes into crafting such a big, like, I think... Think how huge that is, or like that big bridge thing in like Final Destination, something like these, where you just require this, like, all right, we got this uh, two thirds of the budget tied up right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is big, you know. It's so like, wow. or or even I don't. I this probably wasn't the case with sudden death, but that made me think of the big explosion at the end of Die Hard. Sure, that was actually a model, you know, and the way that they used to be able to make these models. Uh-huh. Blow up these toy helicopters, <laughs> slow the footage down enough that it looks like it. You know, it's like, yeah, like they really had to. I love the manipulate in real yeah. time, like figure out how to make it look right, rather than just going back and CGIing the mustache. It's off just, of it feels like it lends so Superman. much more personality and craftsmanship to a movie. Even though yeah. I know there's incredibly talented digital effects editors out there, something about a guy in a workshop crafting out this beautiful explosive action you know Mm -hmm. and this is just some guy who directed a bunch of great (laughs) movies that's like finding himself inside a hockey arena having the first ever helicopter crash into the ice in a like i'm filming this yeah i'm the one who's gonna be in charge of how this looks on camera i'm gonna figure this out like oh blows me away i always have that kind of respect for these just nicely crafted action movies it's it's something that when it's done well i just love it and uh i'm into sudden death regardless of hockey score there you go (laughs) being absent i'm so sorry regardless of of uh yeah not knowing who wins the game Mm -hmm. fun action movie it's my favorite van probably probably just a a fun one to find on it's you know it's it's a fun one to find on the tv it plays on tv yeah and just kind of sit back and it's the kind of movie that gets played on TV, and yeah, just go out of your way to check it out. It's a really, it's an action movie that doesn't take itself seriously in the right spots, yeah, but still has a little bit of weight and a little bit of good drama, great performances, and just uniquely constructed action. It's a really cool, really standout movie from an era when that kind of stuff had a lot of cool competitors. 
So I think it holds up, man. I'm a sudden death kind of guy. It was, <laughs> this movie was game day from front oh, to back. Man. This was a game day Honestly, movie. Honestly, just for that game day title coming up after the person dies Four in a fire. Four years later. Game day. That's worth it right there, man. Just yeah. that moment. It was perfect. Perfect movie. Good job. Legendary. <laughs> Legendary. <laughs> I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. It has come to this for sure. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll, we'll see you next week. Thanks. Good night.